Welcome back. Thanks for listening to the podcast. My guest this week is uh, my good friend, Paul Slater. Paul, uh, I met Paul uh, when I was uh, working uh, at Microsoft, with Microsoft, uh, uh, on a project. And um, he was uh, the CTO there, and, and we we got along really well, and, and we still collaborate on stuff to this day. He's a... He's, uh, really super sharp guy um very british which is super fun and uh you know we we talk about sports a lot and uh and stuff and you know he he promised to explain cricket to me and i think this is a pretty fun one if you're not familiar with cricket the sport of cricket uh the way he talks about it and the and the passion he brings to it and and the care he uses to explain it to me uh i think was awesome and really cool and uh as you'll hear at the end, we, we, we kind of figured out a plan to actually catch a game. I, I'm interested. I'm interested now in cricket. Um, it's, it, looks, it looks cool. Um, and I get it. I get it now. Makes sense. And uh, that's a big deal. So uh, th- here's your condensed uh, Paul Slater version of cricket. And uh, <laughs> enjoy my conversation and the rest of, uh, the, rest of the, the episode with Paul. And... Uh, Thanks again for listening and uh, like and subscribe and review and all that crap. Uh, whatever. I'm just glad you're here. Have fun and uh, enjoy. Maybe you'll uh, like cricket now after listening to this. It'll create the illusion that I'm here <laughs> on a late night radio station drinking a beer with a buddy talking about, apparently talking about cricket. Yeah, I... I I thought uh, it'd be interesting to, you threatened to uh, explain to me once cricket in a way that I would would love it after you explained it. I love the way you say threatened. (laughs) (laughs) So I figured what a neat idea. At gunpoint, I threatened to to (laughs) tell you about cricket. (laughs) Yeah, so, uh, yeah, because I I mean, my format's all over the place. I just kind of let it ride and... and, uh, through the pandemic really started doing this, uh, you know, the idea that the piece of chaos means like got to yeah, find a, some, cool name. some kind of piece of this. Right. And, yeah. and, you know, it's only coming into realizing how important the conversations, I mean, it started out, you know, just talking to comics and stuff like that, but, um, now it's anybody, but it's just really like thinking about the importance of these conversations that we took for granted. I mean, yeah. every, every two weeks I was having shows where I hung out with a bunch of comics and, and people that came to the shows and had this social thing plus work, you know, I didn't even yeah. think about how, how much interaction was going on. So, um, but I always like depth too. So like, yeah, I'm the kind of person that will go to a party and I'll find one or two people to talk to in depth rather than kind of bounce around. 
yeah. it's, it's not ideal in like business settings to have that, that desire. Right. But, uh, that's my, I, if I had to choose, that's how I would be. So, uh, yeah. yeah, the podcast really opened up a lane to just kind of like have more in-depth conversations. And, and as the world comes back, it's opening up to be an, a, a way to have conversations with people you don't, aren't bumping into, can't bump into readily yeah. and almost make sure they happen. You know, yeah. like, yeah, it, no, I like that. I think we have this, really, it's a really neat idea. We have this new connection. We can all get behind. Nobody's going to be like, I don't know how to use zoom anymore. Mm-hmm. Like that. You, you can't get away with that anymore. Like you, so it's like, oh, there's no excuses. I, I mean, like, I know a lot of people connected with family and distant family and would have like family Zooms and stuff. And we did it too. Like I'll have bingo with my whole family. We'll all get on and do like just bingo and be silly. And, you know, I thought for a second bingo awesome. was an app that you were using. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's I bought a wheel with the balls and everything. Like we call yeah, out the numbers. It's, that's it's like, cool. it's fun. But, uh, so yeah, it's, it, why not? have a true fan uh who still watches and bbc it's so funny how many times you bring up things that you do that are so english so <laughs> deeply ingrained it's awesome it's so neat well that's so how like, i who better to explain it's how yeah. you stay connected i mean yeah. it's a very strange thing being an expat um yeah. being being an expat I suppose means that you're never really truly at home anywhere, but you're sort of at home in multiple places. Hmm. And so I've, I spent what the first 30 years or so of my life um, in the UK, flitting around the UK. So London, Reading, Oxford was born in Oxford and then, mm-hmm lived in London and then lived in Reading. Um, and, you know, spent a bunch of time in other cities, up in Manchester for a while, became a Manchester United fan. Um, mm. And so I have all that, but um, then I move to the U.S. and I moved to the U.S. because I love the U.S. and, and uh, very, you know, happy to be here. But that means that when I go home, they ask me what part of the States I'm from because – to them, my accent sounds American. Hmm. And when I'm here, um, I'm a stranger here as well. So huh. it's sort of odd, right? You um, you you don't have that sense, that full sense of connection to either place, yeah. but you get the benefit of having a, a sense of connection to both places. Yeah. And so I think, and a lot of expats do this, I think that there is, you, you tag on to very specific things that remind you of home. Yeah. And that gives you sort of the grounding and the comfort and, and things like that. Yeah, that's a, that's me in Philly. Like I, I haven't mm-hmm. lived there for a long time, but I spent the, my first 30 some years there. So yeah, it's home and there's these little idiosyncrasies of that place and, you know, loving the Eagles still and the Phillies yeah. and, and that kind of thing. But uh, it, it, it is it is weird. It is weird. And it almost strengthens it. It's strange, isn't it? It almost strengthens it. I think oh, yeah. I I think I like cricket more now, strangely, <laughs> than I did when I when I lived there, at least the last 10 years or so, right? The huh. last 10 years that I was living in the UK, I was obsessed with it as a as a kid, played quite a bit and stuff. But um and the last 10 years or so that I was in the UK, it 
faded and then it's really come kind of raging back in the last huh. um i would say five or six years um so that's that's odd too but it's almost yeah. like I don't know if you felt that with Philly, but it's almost like the like like that thing that grounds you becomes even a stronger thing when when you're away from it. Yeah, there there's parts of it. I mean, for most of the years, the early years that we lived here, at least once a year, you entertain the idea of going back. There's this pull, you know, uh, to yeah. it. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, I think what's cha- what's changed for me is the time I have to to take in pro sports is is diminished like aggressively diminished um so i've morphed into this like playoffs kind of watcher you know what i mean rather than (laughs) i'm the same actually yeah watching the whole thing like but i'll tell you i just went to for the first time oddly like i'm within throwing distance of a baseball field that has kids playing all all year but I, i i just don't go because they're not my kids you know it's not i'm just not going to go watch kids play but uh, a friend of mine her son is playing now and and she was like do you guys want to come to the game it's right near the house so i went it was the first baseball game i'd been to kid baseball game i'd been to probably and since i played really it was so cool and like yeah the the my hyper vigilance of the game came like right back, like mm-hmm. what was going on in the game. And it was so funny cause the kid, uh, <laughs> he, he, uh, he popped up on a three, one count, which if you know, oh. baseball, no, like, I don't, I know baseball. Quite well. I, I was just like, after the game, I was just like, do you have a green light on that? Cause that kid <laughs> couldn't throw a strike. And, and he was just, he was just like, uh, like he knew he screwed it up, you know, yeah. it was just, it was so funny. Cause it, I was like, that would have been a ball four, buddy. That was tempting, but high, you know, it's just so funny how it just, like you said, just comes roaring back. And now, yeah. now I'm like, Hmm, when, when can I go watch another game? And like, maybe I'll put on a game on TV. You know, the Dodgers yeah. are playing all the time. Like yeah. that's the, you know, out here it's that the Dodgers. So, um, I had the ticket for a while, like that baseball season ticket. Oh yeah. The MLB which is which is really cool it's really cool for a local person who's moved to just watch Mm -hmm. your team so i uh, i really dig that so i assume they have the same thing with cricket but like i've literally never watched a cricket game i know zero except it kind of compares to baseball well we're gonna fix that I looked it up on Wikipedia. I didn't even know it was like in a circle, like the stadium. I, I don't think I've ever even seen a place you play cricket. It's just, it's, uh, it's like this mystery and, you know, we have whole sports channels. They don't even mention it. Yeah. Like, I mean, that is odd. It never know, comes I, up on ESPN. Very, very, very occasionally, you know, when on ESPN, when they do the, um, I forget what they call that, but you know, like the 10 top plays yeah, yeah. that they do. Each day, very, very occasionally, um, I've seen cricket in that, you know, for some like amazing piece of fielding or or something along those lines. But is it just not like, doesn't always, uh, I don't I don't know. It, there must be just as much amazingness. I guess it just doesn't get the ratings here because nobody knows, but. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm very particularly, I think, because, um, there are different parts of the world that are very, very, very into it. Yeah. Um, and specifically, I mean, India is utterly, utterly obsessed by it. I mean, officially, I don't know if you knew this, but officially 
um, apparently, although there's some controversy about this, officially the sport, their national sport is hockey. Um, but in reality, the if that's their national sport, then their religion is cricket. Hockey, and like like field hockey, so, hockey? Sorry, go ahead. Hockey, like field, field, field hockey? hockey? Oh, yeah, boy. That's and, a tough uh, game to watch. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so anyway, that is, that's supposedly their official sport. Cause I think they were really good at it at the Olympics for a long time. Mm. And, but anyway, like I say, cricket is basically the, re- the religion in India. Um, mm. and to the point where Sachin Tendulkar, um, Virat Kohli, you know, top, top Indian players are considered to be practically gods, Um, Sachin Tendulkar recently got COVID. So he's a retired player. Uh, and he recently got COVID and the entire country, which of course itself was going through and still is going through this massive COVID crisis, but the entire country was, was, you know, holding its breath as Sachin went to hospital and was he going to be okay? And, and, you know, and statues of him, people were, you know, sort of, um, you know, bringing flowers to the statues and all that kind of stuff, as I understand it. So, um, yeah, it's a, there's a, a level of interest in it in India that surpasses, I think the obsession with, let's say soccer in, in much of the world. Really? Mm -hmm. Just in India though. Uh, some of the other subcontinent countries almost as much, but certainly India, it is, uh, it's it's the sport that transcends all sports, no doubt about it. Wow, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Yeah, I was wondering like who the who's the Babe Ruth of cricket, you know, or you know, and and uh, well, that's an interesting topic in its own right. Actually, a very interesting topic in yeah. its own right. Because um, statistically, um, there is a player for whom um, just as a st- just purely, purely when you think of it from statistics, there is a player that can easily, easily be argued to be the greatest sports person of all time um, because there is no equivalent to his statistical feats really in any other sport. Hmm. So that guy's name is Don Bradman. Um, Don. And he was, uh, uh, yeah, so Don Donald, you know. Uh, so Don Bradman, and he was... Um, around in the 1930s. Um, his career started in about 1932, I think. Uh, test, test career, we'll get into the types of cricket that there are, but the, like at the highest level of the game, yeah. his career started maybe a little bit earlier than that, maybe late 20s, early 30s, something like that. And it went through to 1948. Um, and um, you don't really have to know anything about cricket to be, I think, probably amazed by this statistic. So just like in baseball, they have a batting average in cricket. Mm-hmm. And uh, the difference, I suppose, is there's no, there's no such thing as a perfect batting average because what you do in cricket is you basically take the number of runs that somebody scores and you divide it by the number of times they got out, right? And there's no limit in a game to the number of runs you can score. So you could score, you know, theoretically, you could score – 100 runs, 200 runs, 300 runs, 400 runs, 1,000 runs in an individual game. So um, hmm. they take the entire number of runs that you've scored and they divide it 
as I say, by the number of times you got out. And you don't always get out in cricket either. So you might be, if you're in like, say, 20 times, you might get out 15 times or something like that. And we'll get into why that is in a minute as well. But simple metric, number of runs you get divided by the number of times you get out. And what there's another thing they do in cricket, which is rather interesting, they don't do in baseball, is um, they care about career averages Mm-hmm. much more than like single season averages. So, you know, in baseball, typically people are known for their single season average. And, you know, unless it's very, very, uh, you know, unusual, like Ted Williams's batting average, they don't, yeah. people, excuse me, they don't talk about career batting averages. But in cricket, they do. They, they focus quite a lot on career batting average. Now, of cricket, start, they started keeping records in cricket on this in around about um, eight, I read about, I think, the late 1800s, early 1900s. Hmm. And the second best batsman of all time, of all the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that have ever played the game, um, has a batting average. Funny enough, I've got a book that will tell me the exact number here so I don't get it wrong. Um, But... The person who has the second highest batting average of all time career um, has a batting average of 61.87. Hmm. That is, I mean, extraordinarily high. So yeah. the best current player um, who is, you know, considered to be an all-time great, his batting average is slightly below that, 61.8. But then you very rapidly tail off from that. So we've got some that are 60.97, 60.83, et cetera, et cetera. And there's only, of all the thousands of players that have ever played the game, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, with an average over 60. Hmm. So, and then it tails off from there to 59, et cetera. And world-class, like absolutely world-class, is considered to be above 50. Like if you have a batting average above 50, you're one of the greatest players ever to play the game. Yeah. And there's maybe a hundred of those that have ever played the game out of thousands. Is it all individual stats? Yeah. So these are all individuals and their their scores. Bradman's average is 99.94. What? So, and this is not like a single season (laughs) fluke. This is over a career that lasted like 18 years. Wow. So his average, if you think about it, is over, over 50% better than the next player ever to play the game. Of all the thousands and thousands of people that have played the game, his average is over 50% better. So that's imagining the equivalent of that is you take a 400 batting average in baseball and like, Everybody in baseball ever to play it has had a 400 batting average or below. And there's one guy who's got a batting average of over 600. That's the, that's the, that's the equivalent of what Bradman was to everybody else that has ever played the game. So it's kind of a weird, weird statistical anomaly where there's this like one guy who was kind of superhuman at it. Wow. Um, And then there's everybody else. That is interesting. And to have never heard of him either. Mm-hmm. Where, like, is he from where? Where do you play? 
Australia. Yeah, so uh, New South Wales is one. But so, uh, but in cricket, you always get the <laughs> you always get they're the new Bradman, right? It's mm. kind of like people, you know, it's the new Jordan or you yeah, know, yeah. or the new Nicholas or the new Tiger or whatever. Um, but in this case, there's never ever that you know was Tiger better or was Jack better, right? No or question is or is LeBron as good as as Jordan or any of that kind of stuff, right? There's never really any question of that in cricket, right? They'll yeah. call people the new Bradman, but they're like, yeah, you're the new Bradman, but your average is still fifty percent worse than Bradman's <laughs> was. So <laughs> that's, so that's crazy. The, and people say, oh, well, you know, when he played in a different era, yeah, he played in a different era, but he played alongside hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of great players that also played at that time. And yeah. he was at least 50% better than them too. Even that doesn't work. Would he, so you said it was in the thirties and forties. So I assume there's footage of yeah. this. So yeah. people have seen him play. So would, yeah. would it compare to that same kind of thing around, we'll put him in the game now and he'd get destroyed kind of things like, well, they're, they're still averaging, know. I'll you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, cricket makes this very difficult. I presume we're recording, right? I didn't yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the, the other, uh, thing about Bradman that might put that into perspective is that back in the, back in the days when Bradman played, you, uh, would basically the, the bowlers, um, were about the same speed. Maybe they're a little bit slower. They generally were a little bit less accurate um, than they are today. Um, but there were exceptions to that. There was one famous exception called Harold Lawood, who was extraordinarily, um, extraordinarily accurate. But um, the key difference was that they didn't have any of the padding. So the ball was the same. The ball is actually slightly harder than a baseball, and it has kind of a raised... Um, a raised seam as well, which can make it really kind of nasty if it hits you. Yeah. Um, but today the players wear pads on their legs, which they always did, or you always wore pads on your legs. Um, but now they wear thigh pads, they wear chest pads, um, and they wear a helmet. Now it's not as like built up as like American football or anything like that, but it is, you know, still, good protection. They have an arm guard that protects them as well. Yeah. Um, they didn't have any of that in those days. You just right. wore a floppy cap was all, right. you, was all you wore in those days. And you might think, well, okay, because they didn't have all of that, then maybe they weren't, the bowlers weren't as aggressive or anything like that. But no, not true at all. So in 1929 and <laughs> the early 1930s, um, Bradman came to England as part of the Australian side that came to England um, and absolutely demolished England. Uh, so until that point, he was known, his nickname was the Boy Wonder. And then uh, at that point, they changed it and he, his nickname became the Run Machine because he just continued to score runs, huh. never got, almost never got out. And so single, the English team had been highly dominant and suddenly the Australians are just like wiping the floor with them and they're doing it based on this one guy. And in cricket, that almost never happens. It's a sport of 11 people and, and there's not the consistency that one guy can just like make this massive difference, but they did. And so Australia dominated England or more accurately, Bradman dominated England. Yeah. 
And in those days, in sort of colonial times and things like that, being dominated by Australia was not something that sat well with <laughs> the English. Yeah, yeah. So the next tour, which they, they the, the tour, the game between England and Australia is called The Ashes. So they go, uh, that's a really cool story as to why it's called The Ashes, by the way, as well. But anyway, the next tour, they go over to Australia. And when they go to Australia, um, they are absolutely determined that they're not going to lose. They're not going to let Bradman beat them or, you know, or indeed anybody else beat them. So they put this like, like uh, public, we, what you call private school, we call public school. So what they, they put this public school guy in charge you went to Eton and Oxford and all these you know you know fancy places and stuff and says okay you go you know you do whatever you need to do to beat this chap you know this kind of thing yeah so Jardine Douglas Jardine's the guy's name he hatches this plot basically and he says um that he's seen old film footage like like literal film footage of Bradman that suggested that he really didn't like what they call the short ball. So the short ball is really simple. The ball bounces in cricket. So it bounces off the ground. And because it's got a raised seam, it can behave unpredictably when it bounces off the ground. So if you throw it in short, it can bounce up and then like come at your throat or come at your head or something along those lines. So Jardine um, like hatches this idea based on some old footage that he's seen of slow bowlers bowling uh, at players to something that they call leg theory, which basically just means they're going to bowl at your body, like bowl towards your body. Because they couldn't watch film. They couldn't like watch the tapes. Really? Like they do now. It was actual film that they had seen, right? So people, it was like literal film that they would like play back, but they'd seen these little clips and so on um, of actual film that was, that was shot at previous test matches. And so that's what they used to try to, you know, try to figure it out. Anyway, so this is the theory now that what they're going to do is because you can put the fielders wherever you want. You can put the fielders right in close to uh, in close to the body. So Jardine's idea is you we, we're going to get the fastest, most dangerous, but most accurate bowlers in the country. And we're going to give them basically one task, which is that they're going to bowl super short. Is going to come in at Bradman's chest or throat or head, all of which is uncovered and unprotected. <laughs> um, and then one of two things will happen. So he'll either try to fend it off and they'll catch it with some of these like close fielders that they have close by, or they'll hit him in the head or the chest and incapacitate him or maybe kill him. And then at that point, the problem of Bradman has gone away. Yeah. So that was the plan. It was called the Bodyline series, and it was all hatched out in uh, on the, the the way over uh, over there to Australia. Got the great fast bowlers to allow them to do it, and then they would change the field, like like when they wanted to practice. Sometimes they even did it against other players so they could like practice it or just intimidate the other side. And but then, particularly when Bradman came in, they would then like dot all the fielders around, and then they would they would basically do this this thing which is like not theoretically illegal although they changed the laws <laughs> to make it illegal um but it was still absolute i mean like the most unsportsmanlike thing you could possibly do what was it you can imagine again? the aussies didn't take well to this they actually uh, threatened 
there was a diplomatic breakdown between the two countries. Australia talked about potentially leaving uh, leaving the Commonwealth, which is sort of the the you know collection of nations headed by the Queen. There was there was even talk of war at some point between the two countries based wow. on this on this thing. So like super like incredibly tense moments. But you remember me telling you at the start that like what's considered to be a world class average is over fifty. Bradman yeah. still averaged over fifty in that series. Oh my god! What was the what was it called? What was that move called? Body line. Body line so the, series. The technique was called body line. You should look it up. It's really it's really cool. There's been tons of books written about it. There's been like a mini series on TV and stuff. It's super cool. Had people been killed with a cricket ball in the head? Like, mm-hmm. is that is that pretty common? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say common, but I mean, it certainly has happened. There was one. Wow. Uh, three or four, three or four years ago, uh, where an Australian. Um, was was killed by a by a cricket ball so Oof. certainly can happen these days they try to like um like the helmets for example now they have different things at the back of the helmets because of course that part of the back of your head that's most vulnerable um, yeah. that's now better protected than it used to be um but certainly that you know it absolutely is possible it happens rarely um yeah. the the good news is that the faster like really 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 fast bowling is incredibly skilled so you don't tend to encounter super fast bowling when you're younger because the players haven't built up the skills to do it yet. Hmm. Um, it's a little bit different to baseball in the sense that, you know, raw speed um, can be developed before the control. Right. Really fast bowling in cricket is very much based on rhythm, so you have to build that up, and that's a technique you have to build. So you you, you can certainly encounter fast bowlers as you're kind of coming up through your yeah. career, but fast, accurate bowling, which is what's really dangerous, um, it takes them a long time to build up those skills. And so as they're building up those skills, the batsmen are also building up their skills. So you tend not to face it before you, yeah. you know, before you have the ability to kind of get out of the way of it. Um, but it can still happen. I mean, yeah. it, it does still occasionally happen. Obviously it's a terrible when it does. It reminds me of, uh, if I'm thinking of the right thing, it kind of reminds me of the, the pitcher and women's softball, like with the windup and the yeah. underhanded, yeah, Actually, just yeah, just just that. fast pitch softball, not women's softball, but fast pitch softball yeah. with the crazy windmill motion yeah. and stuff like that. It's a, it's yeah, a whole thing. It's cricket, incredible. Cricket is a it can it's sort of a little bit like that, although the bowlers run in as well, so that's different. Yeah. So I threatened to explain how it works. Do you want me to give it a go? Yeah, give it a go. <laughs> let's let's see. So there's a. So there's a couple of things I think you need to know kind of ahead of time in order to be able to sort of understand it at all. Um, So one is that there are actually multiple forms of the game. Um, And, but the basis of the game is actually fairly simple, which is you've got a batting side and a bowling side and Typically, um, and I'll explain the nuances of this in a little bit, but typically the, it's as simple as the bowling side bowls, the batting side bats, the batting side bats and innings, which is basically all of uh, all of them or almost all of them. <laughs> um, there's 11 players in a side. Once 10 are out, the innings is over. Uh, and the reason for that is you always have two batsmen in at the same time. So... Once 10 are out, the innings is over, and then you flip, and then the other side bats. So sort of 
so sort of at its very simplest, imagine that a, a, a game of baseball, instead of nine innings where they're kind of like stopping and effectively stopping and restarting every three outs, mm-hmm. instead of doing that, you would like imagine having a baseball game where you'd have one team and they have all of their outs. Um, so I guess, you know, nine outs, right? as yeah. it were, and then you would have the next team come in and they would have their nine outs and then whoever scored the most won the game. So it's sort of a little bit like that, um, mm. where on the surface, very, very, very simple. But then there are different forms of the game that com- that complicate that. Is, the, is there is there an the advantage? Premier, is there an advantage to going first or second, given that you're just going to take all your outs? Yes, but the the nature of the advantage is definitely definitely one of the nuances and one of the complexities of the game because um, there is you can't say there is a definitely an advantage to going first or definitely an advantage to going second it is situational as to whether there's an advantage to going first and going second okay which leads me to the extra to the second sort of like fundamental point about it which is that um the game i would say at at its heart is a game of um, weather, um, <laughs> pitch conditions, and then in the best version of the game, time. So what do huh. I mean by that? Well, with the weather, that affects how the ball moves, right? So there are multiple different kinds of bowlers. There are bowlers that are very that are slow. They may bowl as slow as, I don't know, 40 miles an hour or something like that. There are bowlers that are very fast and they may bowl up to a hundred miles an hour is the fastest that's ever been recorded is exactly yeah. 100 miles an hour, by the way. Um, not even 100.1 or something like that, yeah. 100.0. Um, and so there's a range, a very, very big range. And there are bowlers that spin the ball. So it spins very, very, very fast. Um, and they can spin it in one direction or another direction, depending on who they are. There are bowlers that are called seam bowlers where effectively, and these are type of fast bowler where they bowl it and they try to get that raised seam to hit the ground. And then depending on how it hits the ground, it might go left, it might go right, whatever. And then there are swing bowlers and those bowlers are very accomplished at moving the ball laterally in the air. Hmm. Right. And it's the same ball as you go. This is why it's also a game of time and weather, because as you go through an innings, um, you, for most of the innings, you're basically using the same ball the whole mm. time. Okay. And so what you do as a bowler is you'll polish one side of the ball and you'll leave the other side of the ball unpolished. And so that starts to yeah. cause the thing to move in the air. And so now you've got all these incredible nuances in the game in the sense that you can put the fielders wherever you want. The ball will behave differently in at the start, then it will in the middle, then it will in the end of the day, for example. Um, And it will behave differently depending on, they call it what the pitch is doing. So in other words, whether, uh, you know, has there been rain, uh, you know, and has that landed on the pitch in a certain way? Is it moist, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. The swing bowlers that I was talking about, they love humidity. They love cloud cover. And so let's say, for example, you were starting at the start of the day and you looked up in the sky and you saw there was a bunch of cloud cover, you're bowling first, right? Because you want that advantage. You want your swing bowlers 
to be able to take advantage of those cloudy, potentially humid conditions. And then they'll move the ball around a lot more because the conditions are like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's a beautiful sunny day, then you probably want to bat first. Hmm. So those are the sorts of things that that kind of like contribute as to whether there's one advantage to one side or one advantage to another side. And I also okay. mentioned it's a function of time as well. Right. So in the very best, what I would consider to be the very best form of the game, it's the one that everybody talks about, the one that lasts five days. Um, and so there's the versions that are, um, you know, there's versions of this game that last three hours or less. But mm. then the game that is considered to be the pinnacle, the one that I was talking about with Bradman, et cetera, um, that game can last up to five days. <clears throat> and so in that case, each team bats twice versus once. So you have the first okay. team goes in and then the second team comes in, tries to match them or pass them. And then the first team comes in again and the second team comes in. And there's even weird quirky things. Like if you were ahead by a certain number of runs, you can actually flip the order of the second innings and things like that. <laughs> you know, really quirky things like that that you can effectively do. But during the course of those four or five days, the nature of the game is is going through all kinds of different twists and turns. And you're taking advantage in some cases of how long the other side has been in in terms of how you will play tactically against them. As I mentioned, you keep the ball for a long time. You do, but it's not the whole time. You you get effectively 90 overs um, in order to be able to bowl at the uh, in order to be able to bowl at the other side, and then you get to get a new ball. And then when you get a new ball, it behaves differently again. Hmm. So there's all these things that you're kind of playing with. That you're playing with time, as it were, as you're tactically trying to do it. And the most interesting thing about it, one of the most interesting things about it for me, is that the captain is the coach, effectively. Right. They have coaches like off field, but all of the strategic decisions that are made on the field are made by the captain. So where to put the fielders, who mm. to bowl, when to bowl them, who to take on, who to take off, who to, you know, how to position your field, uh, st- strategy against particular batsmen. All of that stuff is done by the captain who is a player. And so are they, I have so many questions. So are they, um, running to somewhere like in baseball or is it like home run derby that they are running to somewhere? Yeah. So, you know, I mentioned that there were two, uh, you've got two batsmen in at any one time. Yeah. Um, And so what you effectively have is uh, two, they're they're called wickets. The term wicket is actually used in in different contexts, the same word to mean multiple things in cricket. So that's quite difficult. Um, But you've got this basically, a set of three poles, if you like, that are called stumps. And then on top of them, these are these things called bales. And one of the ways, there's 10 ways you can get a batsman out, but one of the ways in which you get a batsman out is basically by knocking those things over. So the batsman misses it, you hit, it knocks those, it knocks those stumps over. So you have two sets of those. And the and when they run, the batsman at either end run back and forth between them. And so that is a that's what's considered to be a run when you're literally running between them. Um, if you hit the ball all the way to the boundary, um, then and you and you hit it on the ground, that's effectively considered to be a, a four. So most similar thing would be like a ground rule double, although it's not exactly that, but but sort of like that. Hmm. And so if you hit a four, that's just along the ground. And then the equivalent of 
a baseball home run is called a six. So that's worth six runs if you hit it um, out of the ground. It's worth four runs if you hit it on the ground. And unlike baseball, I, it always seems showboating to me when somebody trots around the bases. It's like, you've got a home run. You don't need to run around the bases. <laughs> but uh, in cricket, they don't bother doing that. If you hit a four, then you just you know go back and take, take your next thing. You don't actually run four. Uh, you don't run four to do it. Is somebody trying to beat them somewhere? Like, so if you hit it in the air, you yep. run until somebody catches it? Mm-hmm. And that's how you get the catch it, you're out, right? So there's no, I mentioned that you're, (laughs) there's, there's, there's various sort of ways of explaining cricket. Um, and, uh, one of them is captured on a, um, what do we call it? I'm becoming all British because I'm talking about a British thing. (laughs) In Britain, we call it a tea towel. What's that called? We dry your, you dry your dishes and stuff on it. Just dish towel. Dish towel. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the thing that I'd completely forgotten. That. All right. So, <laughs> so anyway, 20 years, I can't remember that. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so there's this tea towel in, in Britain that like has the, the laws of cricket, they call it. And it, and one of the things on it, it's kind of legendary and it's like, you're in until you're out. Um, and so what that really means you're in until you're out is that in baseball, you know, three strikes and you're out and that's it. Now you can miss the ball a thousand times in cricket and you're not going to get out. But one of the ways of getting out in cricket is being caught. So yeah, absolutely. If you're, uh, you hit the ball in the air, somebody catches it, you're out. Um, and in the, in the versions where there's only one innings each in the game, that's it. You're done. You're not going to, you're not going to bat again for the entire time. Now that said, all of the, um, like the entire field bats there's no substitutions so everybody in the side bats and then up to five you know five or six or more people may bowl so everybody you know you basically have kind of like a lot of all-rounders and you're not substituting out right pitches so if you think about it in baseball right you got a pitcher he finished you know once he's done he's done he's he's out for the rest yeah. of the game now in cricket that that bowler will bowl for a period, another bowler will come on, will come back, will bowl for another period, and he's fielding that entire time right. um, in between the times when he's bowling. And so I mentioned that they've got these two batsmen and they're running back and forth. Yeah, The bowlers actually bowl from either end. So each bowler bowls six deliveries from one end. That's called an over. And then when he's done with the six deliveries, another bowler is coming on and bowling from the other end and he bowls six deliveries. And so it's tandem back and forth like that. To the and other batter? Until they're exhausted. And then another bowler will come on and replace one of them. And then that bowler will just field. But are they each, so you got two people batting at the same time? Mm-hmm. And the one, it's basically like they just take turns? Sort of, yeah. So imagine like, so imagine Paul and Matt are batting, right? We're in. Um, and let's say Harold Larwood, who I mentioned earlier, he runs into bowl. I'm batting. I'm terrified because he's really fast and really accurate. Right. And, uh, and so I'm batting and let's say, um, I hit the ball. I'm lucky enough to hit the ball. If I run one run, then I'm now at the other end and you're at the end that I was at. And so when Harold Larwood comes into bowl again, he's bowling at you. 
And if you, let's say you scored two runs, we go back forth and then it would be you again. Hmm. And so that would continue until we got to the end of the over. And let's say you're still there at the end of that end, at the end of that over. Then another bowler comes on. Let's say, it's, let's take a current great English fast bowler, Jimmy Anderson, right? So Jimmy Anderson is now bowling, but he's bowling from the other end. So now he's facing me. Hmm. So the batsmen are just like, going back and forth like that. And the bowler bowls their, their six balls from one, from one end. And then whoever happens to be at, let's say this end, a bowler right. is coming in and bowling to that person now. So let's say I hit it. Do you run when I hit mm-hmm. it and we're both trying to score runs? Uh, so what happens is if you hit it, somebody will call. And so what that means is, um, this is just in practice as to how they do it, right? So somebody will call and who calls is depending upon where you hit it. So if you hit it forwards, again, this is another difference. There's no foul territory mm-hmm. in, in cricket. Okay. So you can hit behind the wicket, in front of the wicket. You can hit it in any direction that you want. And the, and the best players are incredibly skilled. There are, there are probably a dozen or more cricket shots, right? And the different types of shots that are played. And so you can, some, there's even these crazy ones now called ramps where you hit it, literally hit it up over your head. Um, so you've got all these crazy shots that effectively you can play. If you hit it in front of the wicket, you can see the ball well. So you'll say run or yes or something like that. And then we are both running. Um, but the because you hit it, the score goes to you. Uh-huh. Um, and then... Um, but either of us could be run out. That's another way of getting out, right? Which is basically like, um, you know, not, not getting the base, you know, but either of us could be run out. Um, and then let's say that they've, they throw the ball at the, at the non-strikers end, right? You're running to that end. If you're, if you're just hitting one, uh, if you're just getting one run or they could, they could throw the ball at the other end. And let's say I was running towards that. If I was out of my ground, I would be the one who was out. So whoever's out of their ground would be the person that you get out, which I guess, again, is a little bit similar to baseball in the sense that, you know, if you're on second base and you're running to third base, you're not the guy that hit it, but you're still a guy that's yeah, yeah. out because they, they tagged you out at third base. So it's sort of a little bit like that yeah. in a sense that either player can be out. But as I say, um, the innings, it's innings with an S is what it's called, but the innings continues until 10 players are out. And because you play batsmen and bowlers and you have to have enough bowlers to allow you to get through the whole inning. So you always have at least four and often five or six people that can bowl. That means that there are actually a bunch of people in the side that really aren't that good at batting. Um, And so Hmm. what you do is you stack all the really good ones at the top end of the batting order. And then, and then the batting gets progressively worse as you move down the order. Cause you don't want like a really great player being stuck with nobody to bat with him because right. you could be like, you know, Bradman many times. What part of the reason why Bradman's average was so high was that many times you get to the end of the innings and there's nobody left with him. Everybody else has got out and he's out there on his own. So hmm. he's not out at the end, but the innings is over. And are you trying to hit it away from the people in the field as best you can? Is that the yeah. idea? You're trying to hit it away from them, yeah, right? Yeah. Cause then you'll be able to run. Yeah. Cause then you'll be able to run for as long further. as you can. And these guys are incredibly skilled. One of the differences between like playing it at the level that I played it and playing at the level, which, you know, wasn't that high level. Um, and, you know, like the pros um, is that 
they are just absolute experts at, you know, bisecting the field, right? They'll be, they'll be like a fielder here and a fielder here. And as I mentioned, this it's way more sophisticated than, than cricket with regard to that, because I mean, the most sophisticated they get is putting on the shift or something like that. But mm-hmm. here you could have like five guys right around the bat, or you could have them all spread out as, you know, wherever you want. So they're adjusting and adapting it according to the situation, the game situation, yeah. according to where the batsman tends to hit it, according to what the ball is doing. And they may adjust it three or four times, even an individual over. So as a batsman, you have to be incredibly skilled at being able to adapt to that and hit it where the fielders are not. So what are those the, guys are superb at that. What are the other nine guys doing while the two guys are batting? Having a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's that's one of the really interesting things about uh, about the longer form of the game, right? Because you know, five day version of the game, it is not inconceivable that like one batsman or even a pair of batsmen might be batting for a day and a half or two days. Wow! And so you are, I mean, generally they're watching, especially if a batsman is that <laughs> you know is that much informed. You yeah. want to watch it; it's great. Right? But they're off so, the field somewhere. Uh, you know, they got to be off the field, right? You're, you're watching a master at work, you know? But um, but normally you're just sort of like hanging around waiting to go in. But they're off the field. They're off the field. Yeah. Which leads um, me to another way of getting out, by the way, which is timed out. There's a there's a thing. <laughs> there's, a, uh, there's a dream that all – I've never heard a professional cricketer not say that this happens to them. There is a, there's a nightmare that every professional cricketer has. And the nightmare is that the previous batsman gets out and they haven't got like all their equipment on and you get timed out after five uh. minutes. And, and so the nightmare is they have, they, maybe they're on the toilet or, you know, or <laughs> something is happening, something like that. And the player gets out quickly and they're not ready because yeah. typically what you do is you pad up and you're ready for when the next guy comes in but you met but but you can imagine that like let's say that a guy's batting for two days and it looks like nothing's going on at all and then a guy gets out and then the very next ball another guy gets out and then it's like oh my god i've got like i've been hanging around for two days i didn't know what i was going to do and now all of a sudden i got to get in so they all have this this nightmare that they'll that they haven't been able to put all of their equipment on in time. And then the umpire times them out for not being able to get out there in the middle fast enough. Oh, wow. Are they wearing like a, are the fielders wearing a glove of some sort or no. is it all barehanded? Barehanded. And if they catch it in the air, you're out. Yeah. So the, and, bare, and sometimes barehanded and very, very close to the back, by the way. I mean, like within two, three feet or something like that. It can be. Oh, close. wow. Really? It's like a flat paddle right yeah so hitting them that ball out of as a home run like you said out of bat mm-hmm. like basically out of the yeah. out of the pitch uh is that and that happens a lot depends on the version so yeah. i mentioned that these multiple versions and the, the one that the americans always poke fun of the five days and ends mm-hmm. in a draw which it can i mean yeah. there are actually four results in cricket so the first team wins the second team wins there's a draw and a tie and a draw and a tie are different to each other we don't need to go into nuance of that but the uh, <laughs> but um the that version um 
is you don't see many sixes or home runs at all. You, you mm. might not see, you might go a whole day and not see one. Wow. Um, the version, the fastest, most frenetic version of the game, there is a version called uh, T20, um, which instead of being based on time and when people get out, it's you've got a certain number of, of deliveries and then the other side has that certain number of deliveries. So in the case of T20, you get 120 deliveries or you know pitches if you like. The other side gets 120 pitches, and that's and that's it. And whoever scored the most runs at the end of it is is the winner. That's the version, by the way, that the Indians are absolutely obsessed with over anything else. They have this thing called the IPL, and which is the Indian Premier League, and it's the biggest tournament in the world. Hmm. Anyway, um, with that version, it's chaos. I mean, there are <laughs> in one innings that might last one and a you know what half of the game might last an hour and a half or two hours or something like that you might see 20 30 home runs the equivalent home runs in that period how do they get the ball back on a home run fans throw it back because you the whole point is use the same ball same ball i've never ever i mean in my the entire time watching cricket i I don't think I've ever seen a situation where the fan, where a fan hasn't thrown it back. It's just a, it's just a thing you do. You don't even, you don't even think about it. And it's not, it's not like in baseball where throwing it back is seen as like almost like a, like, like a negative thing. That's what you yeah. do, right? Yeah. And, and it's part of the game and part of your responsibility of a fan. And you throw the ball <laughs> back so they can carry on. That's really cool. Well, sometimes it gets. I've seen situations where it gets hit all the way out of the stadium and into like a car park or something like that. <laughs> and then somebody will scurry out in the car park and find it in the car park. And I saw one situation on TV. This is pretty funny where a, uh, where the guy hit it out of the ground into car park and it went through into, it basically smashed the windscreen of a car in the car park. And it was the commentator's <laughs> car. He's like, oh, it's hit a car. It's hit my car. <laughs> and so they had to ferret around inside there and the alarm went up, I think, as well. And they got it out and then they threw it back into the stadium so they carry on. Oh, that's awesome. So barehanded, are there, so the team is like, it's a professional league. They have the same uniform, like that, you know, like everybody's kind of. Yeah. Is that, is and that I guess that's element a there? bit of a difference too. Um, so. Um, every country um, that plays and the top countries that play, I'll probably miss one, but I'll try and get it right. So the top countries that play are England, Australia, um, New Zealand, South Africa, what's known as the West Indies, which is basically Caribbean. It's the, it's the only sport where they kind of all get together and play as one. So, yeah. like, you know, Barbados and Trinidad and Tobago and and Jamaica and Antigua and all those different countries, they, they, they basically come together and play as one team called the West Indies. Yeah. Um, and then India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Zimbabwe, Bangladesh, um, Ireland actually just started playing at this kind of international top level. Um, and I'm sure I've, hmm. I'm sure I've missed one or two, but anyways, so those, um, those countries basically, are countries that are considered to be test playing nations. So those are countries that, that play it at the very highest level. Yeah. And almost all of those countries, they have a domestic league of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
the you know, I guess the the best equivalent to that would be like in soccer, the Premier League or something like that. But it's a much, much lower key. The domestic leagues are typically much, much lower key, with the exception mm. of this IPL that everybody's obsessed with. Um, huh. so by far the most watched um comp- co- domestic competition is the Indian Premier League. That's the um, you know, for it's watched by I think more English people than the than the English version is. Hmm. Very few people watch the domestic version of the game. And if you went to a ground, like you might see 50 people at the ground. I mean, it's like, and a bunch of people follow it on social media and, you know, follow it in various other things, but it's, it's not watched a great deal. And then um, it's good. The quality is quite high, but it's good. But where it starts to get really interesting is international. So it is like England versus Australia or whatever. And and what's I think uniquely interesting about it is that, you know, as an Englishman, you'd expect I follow England. And because they're traveling over to another part of the world, what happens is they go to that other part of the world and they play a series Mm. in that part of the world. And they actually play different forms of the game. So they'll play that T20 one, the really frenetic one that I spoke about. They'll play the one-day version, which is a bit like T20, but instead of it taking... Three or four hours, it takes basically a day, which is, you know, sort of they start about 11 o'clock and they finish about six, seven o'clock at the night. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they play the five-day version, the test match version, which is, as I say, is considered to be the hardest version, the pinnacle of the game. And, you know, that's the five-day things. And they may play five five-day games against each other. Yeah. So it's sort of like a when they do that, right, because it's a series, a multi-game series, it's very important and it's considered almost to be like a world series or something, you know, yeah, something yeah. like that. And you follow it over the course of those series, but because they're all five day games, that might be sort of over the course of a summer that mm. you're seeing this drama unfold. Um, and, and you see these wild swings as, you know, even within the course of an individual game, you'll typically see these wild swings as the, as the game evolves. So those, um, so on the domestic side, when they're playing these, um, particularly the shorter versions of the game, yeah, they have uniforms, you know, like, a, you know, the typically brightly colored uniforms and different colors mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, almost like, you know, you would have in football or baseball or soccer or something like that. Is there and contact? Would, um, but then in test match cricket and indeed in the one day version of the game, they're actually wearing white. So they, mm. uh, so yeah, both sides wear white um, and they're called cricket whites. Um, and these days they've changed it a little bit. So they have like names on the back to try to make it more accessible, but they never used to just like everybody would wear white and you just know who the players were. Yeah. I think that's what I, what I've seen, like in my mind, that was why I even asked about the uniforms. Cause it was like, well, who's who here? Um, (laughs) but it's almost like only four people are playing at once. At well, any given a, time, right? Yeah, the two I mean, bowlers like said, and the, the two batters. The side has got 11 people on it. They're out um, there, but I mean, it it's yeah. between those two and the pitcher, the bowlers and the and the batters. Yeah, so you right. would, what you would see if you looked at a game right now is you would see on the field, you would see the two batsmen or batters, actually, it's kind of shifted actually because you know so many women play the game now. It used to be mm. when I was a kid, it used to be called um batsmen, but now it's typically called batters. So you got the two, so you got the two batters, and then you've got the one bowler who's bowling at that moment, right? And then the rest of the field is the fielders. Just out right? there wherever. And so you've got on the field, um, 
at any one time. You've got the 11 players from the fielding side and the two players from the batting side and then the two umpires. That's what you would see at any point. And the only guy on the field who has gloves, well, the batsmen have gloves, they have batting gloves, but the the only other fielder that has gloves is called the wicketkeeper, which is basically the batstop. And how do they get... So let's say a person hits a line drive, it bounces twice, one of the fielders picks it up, the guy's running back and forth. Yeah. How does he get them out? So when they're running make back him and stop forth? running. Yeah, is he just hit him with the yeah. ball? No. So no. I Damn. mentioned those. I was stumps, hoping it was hit him with the ball. Um, all the wickets. Yeah. So what you do is you, um, <laughs> if they're out of their ground, you're basically trying to hit them. So you hit, not not hit the batters, but hit those stumps, those pieces of wood with the bales on and stuff like that. And so what you'll have is a, you might get a direct hit. So you hit it indirectly or um, more typically you'll throw it to, whoever's fielding at that end. So at the batsman's end, it'll be the wicketkeeper, the bat, you know, the equivalent of the bat stop. And then at the bowler's end, it might be the bowler or it might be another fielder who runs in to catch it. And, and then they'll break, they, they break the stumps basically. So those on top of those three pieces of wood that I told you about, they have yeah. bales at the top. And so in order for somebody to be out, those bales have to be broken. So I might catch the ball and then I might hit the stumps with the, with the ball and then that will break the stumps. And if the batsman's out of his ground, when that happens, then the batsman's out. So if the batsman little kind of crease that he has to get past. If the batsman gets back before that person gets there, they can't break the stick. Oh, you can't break them, but it just doesn't do anything. So they just pop the bales back on and carry on. So I could get, let's say I I catch it and Mm -hmm. I, I throw it from wherever I am and hit the thing from, you know, the equivalent of like, left field i throw it and hit that wicket he's out if he's not made his ground if he's not yeah, got that while he's running while he's running so yeah so he'll run in he's holding the bat he runs the bat so the bat i should mention that too right so there's this crease that's in front of the um of the stumps which is basically a line yeah. um and you run your bat in which means you slide it along the ground and if the bat is raised then the bat doesn't count and you've got to get your foot in or something like that but if the bat is down you just have to get the bat in the bat has to be past that crease and if you're and if you've done that then you're in if you fail to do that if you're out of your ground as they say then you're out that's sort of run out is that way of that way that's one of the that's another one of the 10 right is a run out which is you know not that common, but it certainly does happen. So let's say I'm throwing the ball as a fielder and I throw it and I'm trying to hit the thing just as the guy comes in. You, theoretically, you'd hit the person on, if they're trying to get... I'm, I'm thinking of like schoolyard yeah, rules of, of like wiffle ball. Like you're, yeah, you're yeah. trying to hit the, person, hit the person with the ball. If you hit the person, that's just considered... Unless, I mean, there are... That's another way of getting out, which is obstructing the field, right? So, <laughs> so if you're, a, I used to umpire this thing as well. You can probably tell, right? But there's a, <laughs> but um, another way of getting out is obstructing the field, uh, which is really what they call obstructing the field. So if you're like intentionally trying to get in the way, that's different. But it almost never happens, right? Because hmm. you know it's kind of against the the spirit of the game and all that kind of stuff. So you're basically running in, um, and 
Um, and then if the ball happens to bounce off you, then the ball happens to bounce off you. And the pads are to protect you from the ball, mm-hmm. but not other people. Yeah. There's no contact with other. Well, yeah. Funnily enough, you're kind of driving at all the different ways of getting out, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> so, um, you think about it, right? I'm a batsman. I've got a, um, I've got a bat to protect me and I've got pads to protect me, like leg pads to protect me effectively. And I don't have to hit the ball, right? So in the shorter versions of the game, um, then I want to hit the ball. I'm very highly incentivized at the ball because there's only, you know, I'm only going to get a certain number of balls and I want to get as many runs as I can so that the other side won't get it. But in the longer version of the game, it's much more tactical and, uh, and um, I should say, much more strategic in, in nature. And there might be periods of time where you're not actually that interested in scoring runs. You're just interested in staying in. Why would you do that? Because it was what I've mentioned before about time, right? If it's really, really difficult conditions out there, uh, you'd you rather wait stay in and wait for the cloud cover to clear or wait wow. for the ball to soften a bit or something like that. So you're not necessarily trying to score a bunch of runs at those particular times other times you will be and the bowlers so, only get six shots at it right yeah and the bowlers trying just trying to get you out potentially and you are trying to just stay mm-hmm. in right so then it becomes like very sort of almost like almost like a boxing match kind of thing where where you've got one guy's on the attack and the other guy's on the defense but maybe the guy who's on the defense is really on the defense to try to tire out the guy that's on the attack it's sort of a bit like yeah. you know like ali would rope it over or something like that it's kind of got that that feel to it at certain times Anyway, so you're batting, you got the bat, you got the pads that can that can sort of block all that out. And believe you me, if you weren't wearing pads and the ball hit you, well, you're you're not going to be in a pretty state, right? So yeah, yeah. the uh, so you have the pads to keep it. The ball at any time could like spit in one direction and hit you on the pads, but it could without this other way of getting out. And I'm about to say it could go kind of wrong because basically the pads are really big you could just be like kicking the ball away and then the game would would basically go nowhere. So they have another way of getting out, which they call LBW, which means leg before wicket. And what that means is that if the, you know, the ball bounces, um, typically might not bounce before it hits the pads, but typically well, the ball bounces, hits you in the on the pads and would have gone on to hit the stumps then the umpire will call that out. Now, there's a bunch of nuances to that in terms of where the ball hits the ground and all that kind of stuff in order to keep the you know the game evenly poised. But basically, it's that. If the ball hits you in line and would have gone on to the stumps, then you're out LBW. And that's one of the other ways of... That's basically one of the other ways of getting out. So that stops you from just like kicking the ball away or just planting your whole body in front of the stump so that nothing will, uh, you know, nothing will ever get through. And the bowler is trying to hit, ultimately the bowler is trying to hit the stumps and you are trying trying to hit it away from that. That's what I would say. So the bowler can, has a bunch of different ways in which he can get you out. Um, So I mentioned a really good bowler called Jimmy Anderson. Um, So with his swing, his ability to swing the ball, so he can swing the ball in towards you and he can swing the ball away from you. So what he might do, for example, is he might bowl like two or three in-swingers that are kind of coming in at you and would go on to hit the stumps and you're blocking those out. And then he'll throw in what's called an away swinger. So you try to do the same thing, but now the ball 
comes in the other direction and it hits the edge of your bat, comes off the edge of your bat and then gets caught by somebody who's close mm. by. So there you're like using these different skills to try to get the batsman out in a variety of different ways. And so huh. typically the most skilled bowlers actually get most of their wickets caught versus um, versus hitting the stumps. Although when they do hit the stumps, it can be quite spectacular because they'll typically, if they're fast, they'll like cartwheel all over the place. But <laughs> they have um, getting out bowled for a very skilled batsman is is less common than getting out caught by some of those fielders that are sort of waiting for, your, for the ball to catch the edge and fly off and be caught by somebody. Huh. That's so interesting. I'm hooked, man. I want to see it. I want to watch well, it now and like kind of try to understand it. Yeah. I would say if you're going to watch it, um, there's like gateway drugs sort of, <laughs> <laughs> sort of to watch it. Um, and most people are like this. Um, my son, you know, he's 10 and he was kind of different. He actually, the, the version that he liked most initially was test cricket. Um, and that is the five day version with all the lulls and stuff. Cause he likes yeah. the storyline of it. Yeah. He kind of likes the, Oh, this is happening. And then that is happening. And they look like they're on top. And now these guys are on top and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he also kind of gets the idea that like it's the pinnacle. And so he likes that aspect of it. Right. Right. But most people, um, the gateway drug is this uh, T20 version or even the one-day version, what they collectively call limited overs cricket. Because it's much easier to understand. Like, like once you get cricket, you can watch any version of cricket, but it will take you probably months or even years to get the nuances of test cricket, to get all of the strategy, to get why the captain yeah. is behaving in a particular way and things like that. Huh. And so the good gateway drug is typically T20 um, or I, you know, IPL, which is a version of T20. Um, and there are classic games that like the last world cup final um, was just an unbelievable world cup final. Um, and there's highlights of that and yeah. the commentators in it are, like holding their heads in their hands. They can't believe it. They can barely cope with the stress and the tension themselves. <laughs> That's the thing that we didn't touch on at all, which is that cricket is a cricket is as much a game of heartache and pain as it is a game of <laughs> celebration and joy. And, and, and particularly in test cricket, like there's so much, like there's so many highs, there's so many lows there's periods of time, you know, it's somebody who adores test cricket. There are periods of time where it's deathly dull, but there are periods of time where it is the most stressful, tense experience of your life. And then there's periods of time where it's just plain joyful. And so that's, it's very much a metaphor for life yeah. um, in those, in that sense that it has all of these like different elements of it and it makes it, and that makes it better. But, to come back to that, that sort of limited overs version of the game, even within that, there can be like the stress and the tension yeah. and all, uh, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and you really, really see that with some of these classic games. So the thing I would recommend is um, I would like try to find like the highlights of the 2019, I guess it would be 2019 world cup final between England and New Zealand 
and like get like an hour long version of, you know, so it's extended highlights so that you see what's going on. Cause unfortunately if you see like a five minute version or something like that, they kind of compress it all together and you don't really see what's that. You don't yeah. really see what's going on, but like a, like that, like a one hour version or a two hour version of that, you watch that. And even though you don't fully understand what's going on, you'll get to a point where like you cannot look away due to the, due to the tension of it. Yeah. Um, so I would say something like something like now, not every game is going to be like that. I've got to be perfectly honest. Like not <laughs> yeah. every game is going to be like the 2019 world cup final, but yeah. um, it will at least give you a sense as to uh, the skills involved and the tension involved when it is at it's uh, when it's, it's most just gripping, I suppose. Um, <laughs> and then you and I will have to go watch a game together and then I will, Basically, if we if we have a, if we saw a day of cricket together, by the end of it, you you would know enough to yeah. be able to then go out on your journey on your own, as it were. The West Indies League sounds pretty good. Oh, the Caribbean. If you're, Premier if you're picking it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's that's a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, I think that's so, the move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's probably the place to go do it. Yeah, we'll go we'll go hang out in Antigua or something like that, and uh, we can watch either the CPL or. I think England are going there in next February or something like that. So we could even see an international match between them. Oh, that'd and, be awesome. uh, and then test cricket's done at a completely different pace. So people generally just go for a day, right? You'll like, if you go to see it, you'll go for a day. Yeah. You always go crazy about this thing being five days. I say to people, I think I said this to you at one point before, like a golf tournament's four days. What's the problem with a cricket match being five? Oh, I don't it, get it. It, it anyway, makes more so sense. The, it makes more sense when you explain it, why yeah. that is the case. And it's actually yeah. kind of cool. I think. Yeah. Everybody, and then when you watch everybody it, bats. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. And then when you watch it, it's, uh, you know, if you're, if you're watching a test match, you just go have a few beers and just kind of hang out just like people do at a baseball game. But then there's a lot more, there's a, a lot of, um, nuance and drama that's going on in, underneath it. And you can zone in for a period to, to capture that and zone out for a period and just enjoy a bit. That's awesome. I, I'd imagine that's why in the beginning, uh, when I asked about why it's not on the highlights more, I'm thinking there's got to be just a billion ridiculous barehanded diving catches there constantly. There are. My like, son, who likes all sports, but he'll particularly YouTube highlight reels. Yeah. Pretty cool in cricket. That pretty seems cool. like the most fun thing ever because you have no other equipment. A mm-hmm. big, open, circular... That's... That's awesome. That's really fun. I'm sending. I'm. I'm going to send you links, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to put some uh, some of these things I, I jotted down into the show notes, and uh, I think it'll be fun, man. I think people will be interested. I mean, you convince me. I want to watch it. Um, you That's know, cool. And uh, at least try to get it. I, I remember my cousins. Oh man, back in the '80s or something, moved to England for you know a little while being in the military yeah. or something like that. And they came back with, they like brought back a, like how to understand cricket book, you know, but I was, like, uh-huh. I was like eight. So I was like, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. I'm, that point, I'm, you're not, I'm playing you're baseball. Not <laughs> well, and even in Britain, it's sort of a niche sport, sort of. I mean, yeah. it's certainly not, I mean, given how many people watch it, right. I mean, it's, well, you know, certain IPL games can have an audience of, I think, close to a billion people. Wow. So it's a very, very, you know, popular sport worldwide. And I think I could have this wrong, but I think in terms of of people that actively 
watch games and so on. I think it's only second to, to football, hmm. soccer. That's um, awesome. But given that, like in Britain, there's like this sort of divide, right, whereby people either get it and get it really well um, and then it probably is their favorite sport. Mm-hmm. And then if they don't, then they don't really get it at all. Yeah. And the whole, you know, what's happening, the sport is just simply for them something that is deathly dull. And but if they're out for a nice like drive in the country, going to a country pub or something like that, and they see, you know, like an idyllic English like summer day looking all beautiful and pretty, and then there's, you know, 11 guys out in the field in whites. It just looks very pretty. Yeah. Right. And so they, they might think of it as like being like past, you know, part of England's pastoral heritage or something like that. Yeah. But not for them. Right. And hmm. so there is definitely that, that interesting thing where with other sports fans, you try to kind of like suss out, say, do you, do you, you like cricket? And then, <laughs> uh, and then if they do, then you can have like a very, very deep, meaningful conversation with them. So that's even the case, um, even in, in England, and they're doing these huge kind of outreach things, including like crazy. I mentioned there's like four different versions of the game. They're doing another, they're inventing another one. There's another mm-hmm. one this year called the Hundred, um, and it's all designed to kind of like make it more welcoming to other people and tweak a few rules to make it more accessible and things like that. Fundamentally, yeah. it's a sport of a bat and a ball, and somebody has to hit more runs than the other one. So, in that sense, it's very simple. Yeah. But if, but the challenge, of course, is that the more you simplify, the le- the more you get rid of the nuance. The more you get rid of the nuance, the less a- appealing it is to purists, and yeah. actually, the less appealing it is even to people who are not purists but are getting more into the game. There's less for them to get into, as it were. Yeah. So that's the balance that they have to strike all the time. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate this, Paul. I know it's. Uh, oh. I appreciate you taking the time and uh, and uh, chatting about this. It doesn't seem like you're you're sad about talking about cricket. So we can have part two for all the uh, <laughs> all the listener questions. And I uh, want to know how many things I like <laughs> like I unintentionally got wrong as I tried to simplify. That's the problem, right? Is you're trying to like equate it to uh, to baseball or softball or something like that. I know at some point I said football and soccer interchangeably. So um, sometimes when I said football, I meant American football. Sometimes (laughs) when I said football, I meant soccer, but that's me being half British, half American now. They'll get it right. They'll figure it out. (laughs) No, I appreciate it, man. This has been really fun. All right, man. Really fun. Thanks for explaining cricket to me. All right. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Sake of having you near, spy.
Never made 